You know, with what joy we look forward to His appearing. But on that day when Jesus returns to earth, many will discover, too late, that all sin is highly combustible. Time to join your guide, Jim Ayer, for an exciting 12-episode journey into remodeling your life. You're going to discover that God's transforming power is real, and He's ready to provide that power to you. Now here's your guide, Jim Ayer, to take you on the journey of a lifetime, an amazing and dynamic experience with God. A French explorer journeyed deep into the Congo while on safari many years ago. Each night his guides would gather up the sticks and branches and dry blades of grass as tinder for building large fires to illuminate and protect the camp. They would stoke the fire all night long to keep the wild animals from venturing too close. Well, as the jungle travels continued across many miles, the Frenchmen began to notice large piles of sticks and dry grass arranged in exactly the same way as his guides had done each night to prepare the fires. Who's doing this, he asked. Well, the guide said, the monkeys. <laughs> the monkeys. They, you see, they watch us every single night and they mimic all of our actions. They have absolutely everything right except the fire. We must not be like the monkeys. We can no longer afford to play church by building fake fires and pretending to serve God. We must have the fire of God's Spirit burning brightly in our hearts right now. It's with this fire that God burns up the sins in our lives in preparation for His return. At His coming, the Lord's brightness will be like a consuming fire to all sin. Peter asked a question that should ring in our heart and in our mind. When all these things are about to be dissolved, what sort ought you to be in holy behavior and godliness? Isn't it time to make sure that God is given permission to, to burn out every sin in your life so you can become fireproof? Understand, for those who choose to cling to their favorite sins, those sins remain as part of their DNA. When the Lord returns, He will not veil His glory and all sin will be burned up. If you're holding on to sin, you will go up in flames with those sins. This is the time to become fireproof. In other words, it's time to become like Jesus. You know, on my own ongoing journey of becoming best friends with Christ, he led me to start highlighting my Bible. Janine and I were in Guatemala staying with a friend overlooking a, a beautiful jungle river. It was a very relaxing time, and God impressed me to start reading my Bible with my yellow highlighter in hand. I started marking every text that spoke of the mighty power of God and His desire to share that power with us. The desire of God to separate us from sin. The happiness found when we separate from that sin. The need to become overcomers in this life, not at a future date. And also, God's need to abide with us, to live in our lives, to enable us to become like Him. What I discovered was God's amazing longing to give us victory over sin his desire to separate us from the devil and to keep us from falling into temptation. Why, I was simply overwhelmed with my findings. Let me give you some examples. Allow me to read a sampling of texts that simply amazed me during my early studies. 
The first one is found in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. Another one is found in Psalms chapter 119, verse 11. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he has been born of God. And let me give you another one in Jude chapter 1, verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And the final one, 1 John chapter 3, verse 6. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. I challenge you to start highlighting your Bible as I have done and discover what God has in store for you. Well, I don't know about how sorted, but I guess it was pretty sorted because I've been a rebel uh, most of my early years and uh, my mother was a good Christian woman and tried to raise me the best way she could, but got caught up in the things of the world like many of our young people do and um, Marlboro became my cigarette and Budweiser my beer and Corvette my car and Las Vegas my second home, but I praise God for his continued mercies and, and the prayers of a good Christian mother. They continue to try to draw us and woo us. Well, anyway, my mom invited me to come to church. I'm, I'm a rebel have no interest in spiritual things, and she invites me to come to church, special speaker coming to her church, and I said, oh, Mom, I'm probably working day shift, wouldn't be able to make it, and I was working 4 to 12. I drive up in the par church parking lot, brand new Corvette, I go inside, uh, there's a man speaking, gives a real solid, straight message that day, really was interested in it, so I said, Jay, John, really appreciate your message. He said, well, I'm doing an evangelistic meeting coming up, and I'd like to invite you to come out and come to the evangelistic meeting. I said, well, I'll try to do that. Well, the devil got me real busy, never made one of them. But about a month and a half later, my mother says to me, that, that preacher you like so well, he's at our church again, and I'd like for you to come out to church. Oh, Mom, I'm probably, probably working day shift again. And Anyway, I was working 4 to 12 once again. Same thing, 25 after 11, I pull up in the church parking lot, brand new Corvette, go inside, gives a real solid message. And this time, he has an appeal at the end. And I, I would recommend appeals at your church services all the time because God knows there's some people there that need to have their lives changed. He made an appeal, and as I was sitting there and if you were listening to that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that day, Jim, just as clear. I come from a military background, law enforcement background, and you have to tell me pretty straight. And the Lord spoke to me that day and said, Ron, you've been playing the game long enough. Either choose to serve me today or you are a lost man. And I said, Lord, I've wasted all these years, but if you'll have me, I'll serve you. He let me know in his kind, loving way that he would have me. I went forward that day with tears streaming down my face. Didn't really know what was happening to me, but I went forward. And I must say, life hasn't been the same since. Praise God. Well, he did take me on a journey, and uh, that journey, I remember one night, and, and I, was, I was struggling with this because, you know, like I said, I was living uh, this life as a rebel and now all of a sudden things are starting changing in my heart and my life and all of a sudden the things about going to Las Vegas wasn't uh, so important anymore and and trying to figure this all out and uh, I had married a Philistine girl at the time 
uh, prior to that, and uh, my Philistine wife didn't have a clue what was happening to me. And so things started to change. And one of the things that started to change is the closer I was getting to God, the more the devil was working on my wife to try to do all he could to derail me. And she actually uh, became jealous of God. And um, I don't know if others experienced that. I'm sure they have. But the bottom line was it was either God or her. And so uh, I had to let her know in no uncertain terms. There wasn't anyone in the world that I loved any more than, than her. But God had to come first, and that's what I wanted in her life. So Satan went to war uh, using the ones closest to me at the time. So I guess the, the biggest battle I've ever fought in my life, Jim, was full and complete surrender to the Lord. The, the battle didn't just end when I made an altar call and went front, went forward. The battle really got started, even very heated battle. And I remember one night I was riding around a patrol car and I just this overwhelming uh, struggle going on. And I remember going out in the middle of nowhere and parking the car and just getting out of the car and falling on my knees in the middle of a field and just pleading with God that uh, he had to help me. There's just no way I could possibly make it unless he helped me. I had somewhat of a, a Jacob struggle, so to speak. I will not let you loose. I will not turn you loose unless you bless me. And the Lord assured me again that night uh, that he had a very special purpose in my life for me. And so I went forward and I continued to work in law enforcement uh, for about two more years. It, during that time, though, I got involved. The, the pastor of the church got me involved in doing evangelistic meetings and series. I got involved in that as I was doing Bible studies and uh, hospital visitations, etc. And the Lord was blessing with uh, quite a number of baptisms. I remember the first little meeting I did, uh, the Lord blessed with 20, 20 baptisms. The next one was 17 baptisms. Most of those people are still in the church today, very active in God's church, except for some that have fallen asleep in the Lord waiting for the resurrection. Jim was a drug dealer, an alcoholic, and a thief until God called him. But that was just the beginning. As someone said, he has lived six lifetimes. He became wealthy, lobbied on Capitol Hill, and was a church leader. But he was lost until God gave him a second chance. If you have a family member who no longer loves the Lord or who has wandered away in spirit, if not in reality, well, I believe the story of my life, second chance, can be of help to them. You see, I was a drug dealer, an alcoholic, and a thief. And then God spoke to me and I became an on-fire Christian for a time. Then the riches of the world overtook me and I fell, but God loves to give us second chances. Give your loved one a second chance today. People tell us when you start reading Second Chance, you can't put it down. Your loved ones who may be wondering if God will give them a second chance will love it too. Now here's the information you need. Call us or visit us online. Now's your opportunity to purchase Jim Ayer's entire transformation package at one low price. You'll receive the book, the 12-week study guide, and the 12-episode DVD series. Each item will offer you, your family, and your church the tools to transform a dull, lifeless Christian experience into a vibrant and victorious life. This will truly be an investment for eternity. Call today, 800-876-7313, or log on to transformationinfo. To this point in our series, we've touched on the part you play in the cosmic war between Christ and Satan. Now we're going to explore the subject of choice in greater depth. 
Salvation has been paid for by Jesus Christ. The road to eternity has been paid with his blood and drenched in his tears. But it all hinges upon one other gift he provided humanity in the very beginning. Free will, the power of choice. Although I don't believe it was said with the ultimate goal of the Christian's destiny in mind, William Jennings Bryan got it right when he stated, destiny is no matter of chance, it is a matter of choice. And P.B. Fitzwater was spot on recognizing that, quote, character is the sum and total of a person's choices, end quote. Every choice you make in your daily life, whatever it is, leads you on the ultimate road to destiny. Remember what Jesus said, because, quote, narrow is the gate and constricted is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it, end quote. TV, computers, magazines, well, every choice you make throughout the day, no matter how small or insignificant it may seem at the time, has consequences that can dramatically impact your life and the lives of those around you for eternity. If we listen to our God, he will provide us daily direction. He says, what is man who fears Jehovah? He shall teach him in the way he shall choose. Every single choice we make in life is absolutely life-changing. I found a couple examples on the web. Let me read them to you about changes in life. My sister, her friend, and I got caught stealing a bunch of things in Walmart. We had to go to court. I honestly never thought it would happen to me, and the one day I try it, I get caught. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. If I could take it back, I would. And the second one, about a month ago, I sent a photo to someone. It was meant to be private, but my stepdad got a hold of the picture. My heart was crushed and my spirit was broken. I feel like an idiot. I don't know how to come back from this. I'm afraid that my mom and my family will see this picture. Can someone give me some advice? You know, every choice we make is life-changing. Every single choice. The Bible gives us some interesting choices as well of choices that affected entire outcomes of maybe not only one person, but in some cases, families and nations. King David, you know, taking a moment in the middle of the night to peer over his balcony. There he saw Bathsheba. And that moment, that, that moment of indiscretion led to the killing of, a, of the husband and eventually, it, it virtually destroyed his kingdom in so many ways. Then there was Achan. Remember Achan? Achan was told, do not touch anything. Go in, take over this, this city, but do not touch a single thing. And later Achan, he just couldn't resist taking a little bar of gold and, a, and what he called a goodly Babylonian garment. His entire family was destroyed because of that. You see, choices matter. Choices matter. And on the flip side, on the good side, there are some very good choices too. I mentioned a while back about Joseph. Joseph had, had worked in a household and there was a lady in that household that wanted Joseph so badly. Well, Joseph, one day when the master was gone, the lady virtually attacked him. He ran out of the house with torn, torn shirt. And he ended up, because of his, his faithfulness to God, I mean, he ended up in prison, but eventually God put him as the second command of all of Egypt because he held fast his choices. There was another one, Moses, you remember Moses? Why? He said, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather suffer affliction with all of my people than, than sin for a day. Just, just for a little season, I'd rather suffer 
with God's people. And you know what happened to Moses is one of the greatest of all of Earth's history. And then I think of the young lady named Esther. Why Esther, because of her faithfulness to God, her desire to serve God with all of her heart, saved an entire nation of people. Absolutely. Choices are life-changing. Every single choice we make in life affect our lives for one way or the other, for good or for evil. Choices, <laughs> your daily moment-by-moment -moment choices, will make all the difference in your Christian experience and in your eternal destiny. Turn at my warning, the Lord says, Behold, I will pour out my Spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Well, I cannot stress enough just how responsible you are for your own salvation. God has paid for it, but you're responsible for it. God will lead you to the water of life, but it's up to you to drink, not just once, but every single day. Some Christians become so hung up on justification, they want to throw out transformation altogether. They become highly paranoid when anyone talks about the need to change their ways and habits before Jesus comes. It's a sad mistake because it's really all about the power of God working in us and through us to do just that, to change us right now. But he continued to lead me and uh, one day he let me know that uh, he was calling me out to, to do some more work for him. But uh, long story short, uh, my, my Philistine wife uh, found a shoulder to lean on, decided she would, didn't want to be married any longer and uh, she decided to live a different life. Well, I started pleading with God at that time, Lord, if you ever want me to marry again, then you have to choose for me, someone that we can team together to do your work. Because I won't marry, I'll let you choose. And uh, about two years, um, the Lord led me to someone, and um, so we continued to uh, call each other, see each other, and about two years, we knew that God was leading us together. So one day when I came home after I'd married again, my beautiful wife, Pat, the um, Lord impressed me that it was time that uh, we turned in the badge, we gave up our state retirement, and it was time to go do something for the Lord. And so when I came home and shared with her about, I believe that God was calling us out to do His work on a full-time basis, not knowing where we were going to go or really what we were going to do, knowing, not knowing the financial situation. Well, wife said, well, we need to get packing, and so we uh, gave up the state retirement, and not knowing the financial situation, what was going to happen. We had two adopted children at that time, and, uh, but we knew that the Lord was leading us, and we uh, continued to seek the Lord, and he shared the text with us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the Lord led us out to start doing his work in a more full-time full -time basis. And uh, now we, we run a ministry called Project Restore. And uh, we've, by God's grace, we've been able to print over 50 million 32-page four-color magazines and books. And right now we're printing The Great Controversy, the full uh, edition of The Great Controversy. Uh, they're going out uh, many places around the world. Uh, just recently, a million books went into New York City, getting ready to do other cities like that. We want to see Jesus come. We must go home. Never. He has never let us down. We can never, was there never a time when we had to worry about what we're going to eat or be able to drive or whatever it was to do. You know, he's never let us down. We found out, and I found out a long time ago, even before I started coming back to church, 
If you're honest with God in your tithe and offerings and returning unto Him, He's promised He'll take care of it. He has every single step of the way. And uh, yes, He leads, and, and He will speak to us. He will guide us. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct thy path. This is perhaps one of the greatest books ever written on the biblical teachings of Christ. Jesus used parables to open the vistas of heaven to the people and to expand their thinking. As no other book has ever done, Ellen White unwraps the parables, allowing us to see Christ our salvation revealed in all of his beauty and splendor throughout each and every page. Order your copy today by calling 800-876-7313 or logging on to transformationinfo.com. Since 1849, the Review and Herald Publishing Association has produced the best of Christian literature, helping guide people around the world into a closer walk with Jesus Christ. And they continue to be committed to bringing you the very best, helping you fall more deeply in love with your Lord. That's why they partnered with Jim Eyre to place transformation into the hands of every Christian. There's no doubt that your heart and mind will be thrilled as you read Transformation and ponder life's choices in the weekly study guide and spend quality time with family, friends, or your church group viewing this exciting 12-episode DVD series. You owe it to yourself and to those you love, Transformation. Call us today to purchase the book, study guide, the DVD series, or all three at a package price. Call 800-876-7313 or log on to transformationinfo.com. Jesus shared many kingdom truths in the form of parables. Throughout his earthly ministry, he sought to impress upon the crowds the necessity of complete and total commitment to him. In Matthew 13, 44 to 46, we discover two such parables. They both focus upon the discovery of something far beyond their wildest dreams. Listen. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto treasure hidden in a field, which when a man has found it, he hides it, and for joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. The book Christ Objects Lesson sheds some beautiful light upon this particular subject of these parables that truly apply to both parables. And quote, in the parable, the pearl is not represented as a gift. The merchantman bought it at the price of all that he had. Many question the meaning of this since Christ is represented in the scriptures as a gift. <laughs> he is a gift, but only to those who give themselves, soul, body, and spirit. To him without reserve, we must give everything, all we are, all the talents, all the capabilities we possess are the Lord's to be consecrated to His service. When we thus give ourselves wholly to Him, Christ with all the treasures of heaven gives Himself to us. We obtain the pearl of great price." End quote. What are you willing to give in exchange for eternal riches? I met Myla in Nepal some time ago. Sweet little man. I'm guessing he was about 65. It's, it's difficult. They live such a hard life in some of those countries. Hard to tell how old he was, but he shared with me an amazing life. You see, most of his life, he was a Buddhist monk. 
went to the temple every day, continually said his prayers. He took me there to that temple. It was amazing. Gold everywhere inside. The, the cymbals that would sound, the trumpets that would blow, or the horns that would blow, and, and the music, everything told your senses. It's absolutely wonderful, absolutely amazing. But Mila said, I just had no peace in my life. Just no peace whatsoever. One day, he said, I was tuning the radio, and I came across a program that was talking about Jesus Christ. For the first time in my life, I had peace. Jesus gave me peace. He said, I could no longer go to the temple. I could no longer listen to these things or do these things because now I had Jesus. He said, now he said, I, every day or every week, I should say, I saved up money all week long so I could take a bus and go to church on the weekend. <laughs> the neighbors told me, he said, oh, you're just going to that church because they pay you. He said, no, 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 I don't go there for that. He says, I go there because I love Jesus Christ. Friends, that's what it's all about. Surrendering all to Jesus and falling in love with him like Myla. Myla gave up everything in his life for real treasure. How about you? Is the happiness and peace that only comes from Jesus worth everything to you? Christ and heaven are worth all we are and possess. Is there any part of your life that is worth too much, too precious to you to, to give up in order to obtain heaven? After 65 years, Myla's focus turned from himself to Jesus. <laughs> oh, that, that's where real life began. The Apostle Paul discovered the pearl of great price is a who and not a what. Here are Paul's own words in the easy to read translation. He says, at one time, all things were important to me, but because of Christ, I decided that nothing was worth it. None of these things, not only these things, but now I think that all these things are worth nothing compared with the greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of Christ, I lost all these things, and now I know that they are worthless trash. All I want now is Christ. I want to belong to Him. My friends, I invite you to choose the most important, Jesus Christ. Will you say with Paul, I want to belong to Him. A letter came into my possession that brought tears of joy to my eyes, and I'd like to share some of it with you. In all of my life, I never knew there was any other religion other than Hinduism and Buddhism, but you have introduced me to Jesus Christ. Thank you for allowing me to taste the sweetness of God. I hope it touches you as much as it's touched me. You know, in Psalms 34, it says, Taste and see that Jehovah is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. I found these enlightening words in the book of Faith to Live By that I'd also like to share with you and quote, Our growth in grace, our joy, our usefulness all depend upon the union with Christ. It is by communion with Him daily, hourly, by abiding in Him that we are to grow in grace. Arnold Toynbee had it right when he said, sooner or later, Man always has to decide whether he'll worship his own power or the power of God. Isn't it time to make sure that God has given permission to burn out every sin in your life? This is accomplished by falling more deeply in love with Him, allowing Him to occupy every corner of your heart so that nothing else can. Hence, you become fireproof. I urge you, seek the things of God's kingdom. 